0: through his choice vessel.
1: You could do better than that because a greater than Solomon, a greater than Solomon is here. So this is what we need to do. I want you to open your mouth, put your hands together, and bless the one that is great. Come on, come on. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Come on, come on, come on, come on. on. I sense, I sense tonight that they are people, ministries, calls, dreams that are coming out of the grave. Now, I'm going to say that again. Sometimes when we come to services, as I began to, uh, assess the spirit realm uh, sometimes we can think our audience is ourselves, when in reality our audience is God himself you must make a commitment that you will never leave this place like you came in and that's your personal commitment there are ministries that are dead that will come out of the grave tonight. You know, when Jesus spoke these words in John chapter 11, he told the disciples, he said, our friend Lazarus is asleep. They really could not understand there is a difference between something that is asleep and something that is dead. And sometimes, over a prolonged period of time, you can think what is asleep is asleep, when in reality, it is dead. And you can actually function. You can function in the things of God because you understand the theatrics of it. You have mastered the methods, you've mastered the ways. You know how to do the shouting and how to wave the hands and all of that. And sometimes you can become so deceptive and believe that God is with you. That the presence of the Lord is working on your behalf. And that is one of a painful experience, especially when I'm dealing with leaders. If you study Exodus 30, concentration from verse 23 to verse 33, in from verse 31 to verse 33 there were four warnings that was unleashed by God about the anointing there are warnings if you are going to walk in the anointing there are four warnings in scripture that you must avoid and one of the warning is the anointing can never be poured on flesh he doesn't work on flesh it is almost like when you get a product and you are about to use the product, there are certain requirements that is on it. If you function in the flesh or you pour the anointing on flesh, you will have a side effect. There will be a negative side effect. And you know, sometimes we can embrace something without understanding the quality of that which We carry, you know, as the worship was going on, it was so tremendous that I was just like a radar, just trying to scan in the spirit realm, Holy Spirit, what is happening? What is taking place? Many will come out of graves. Mm -hmm. There are things that needs to come alive in you. Now, I don't have time to really deal with it, but the Spirit of the Lord spoke to me uh, this year. Each year, before the new season comes, you know, to us, one of the things that I embark on from the month of October to the end of January, I go on a major fast because I know nations depend on the word of the Lord. I know churches depends on it. We have network of churches all over the world that the word of the Lord has to be released to them. It's almost like a governing word that has to be released to an individual that actually becomes the word that navigates them. The principle is the way you close a season will often determine how you enter into the next phase of the season in your life. It is a dynamic that you must understand. So you don't wait for the next phase to show up before you prepare for the next phase. You must be able to step into your future, adjust everything in the future, and get back into your present and begin to act as if the future have arrived. The enemy understands this principle. I had the privilege to begin to share with your great man of God in the hotel room. The enemy understands this principle. The enemy understands for each day, for each month, for each hour, for each minute, for each second, there are spirits that he has assigned to make sure that that which is on the calendar of God doesn't become a reality in your life. Your responsibility and my responsibility, especially as a prophetic house, what makes a prophetic house and a pastoral house totally different Is because a prophetic house has a degree of sensitivity to birth the future into the present. And you can bring realignment and readjustment to things even before things happen. You know, the coronavirus that our brother was praying, I was so glad that he was praying about it. It is not really a virus. There is a strategic plan of the enemy behind. And the painful thing is, it is only when it comes to your home that you begin to understand this strategic plan. This spirit is designed to knock off economies. This spirit is designed to actually close churches. See, most people don't understand all you need is two or three people with a virus in a church and the church is closed down. You are not permitted to hold a gathering. You got to understand the strategy of the enemy. The enemy weaponized a virus to accomplish his purpose. Now that should make you prayable. That should make you intercede. Because... If you don't deal with it, it crawls on. Especially what is significant to you. All of a sudden, shopping malls are closed. You look at the Dow. I mean, stocks are going down. There are churches that are closed up in Seoul, Korea. They can't even meet. And so you are forced now to go into the technology where you begin to meet through the media at home. Not every church has that capacity to do that. You have to recognize the movement of the enemy that triggers you to intercede and that triggers you to pray and begin to look at it from the eyes of the spirit. Say this with me tonight. I'm coming out. Come on, come on, come on, say it one more time. Tonight? Tonight. Tonight. I'm coming out. I'm coming out. I'm coming out. Whatever that means to you. Tonight, I am coming out. I'm coming out. You know, it doesn't matter the degree of your growth, the degree of your anointing. There is a next phase that the Spirit of God calls you in. Isn't that true? doesn't matter where you've been and what you've accomplished. There is always a next phase that your heart must yearn towards. Now lift up your hands. Close your eyes. Will you just stay in the keyboard? And if you will, just stay on that keyboard until the service. I'm not imposing on you, please. There is no one here in this building. Nobody. There is nobody here. It's just you and the mighty Holy Spirit. That is often my experience. The greatest time of intimacy is when you are able to block out everything and everyone, even when you are in a mighty gathering like this. It's just you and the mighty Holy Spirit. The question is, what is it that you expect? What is it that you believe God for? That you can activate to come into existence on your behalf. The man of God or the woman of God doesn't have to lay their hands on you. You can put a demand on that which is in the atmosphere and the spirit of God will impregnate you with that which you lack. If I can see it, I can seize it. So, Father God, tonight we open our heart to you. We ask you, just as you promised, to minister to us. Minister in those areas that we need a reawakening. Thank you, Spirit of the living God. We worship you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Kala dende, kala dende, kala dende dende. solunde lekusata, brende luma dende. Thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus, Amen. Please be seated in the presence of the Lord. I want you, if you have your Bible, wasn't it just an incredible worship? Just an incredible worship. I'm in the worship team. You know, the, the thing with you guys, you guys just don't sing. You, you guys dress well. <laughs> Even when you do your singing. <laughs> I mean, it's almost like, uh, is it every attire, Ishna? <laughs> you got it, man. <laughs> you, got, you got it. Now, you know, you could dress real well, but um, if there is no power, no flow, then we question it. But this worship team, they dressed real good, but the worship was great. A level of impartation. You know, this morning, uh, before I left my hotel room, I began to pray. I asked the Holy Spirit about a degree of impartation. About a degree of impartation. And sometimes we always believe that in every atmosphere, you can be able to release a degree of impartation. That's not true. The tendency is it often depends on the hunger of the people. The anger of the people, the hunger in the atmosphere puts a demand on you that you begin to go into arenas that you normally wouldn't go in. And you can tell for that moment that someone has placed a demand on you. And that is what we ought to do every single time we gather together. There must be a level of hunger in you that you put a demand. I don't care what happens to the next person. As far as I'm concerned, you have to speak to me. You have to give me some directions. You have to impart an area of my life. It's a level of hunger. When I go into a conference and I have the privilege not to preach, one of the things that I do is Holy Spirit, I want you to tailor this message according to my own needs. I want you to be able to speak something to me. And I hope and pray tonight that there is a level of hunger in you because the degree of hunger that we have will actually determine what gets activated. Now, if you were here this morning, I began by dealing with something that was so key in my heart. I talked to you about the master key that activates Glory itself. Now there's several keys in scripture. But there is a master key. That activates the glory of God. And so we talk about keys. And how significant keys are. In activating the glory of God. Then we looked at. We looked on what glory is. In its simplicity. Just a simple understanding. Of what glory is. And then I began to major. And talk to you. About the master key. In the book of Matthew chapter 16. And uh, it is so significant. Hopefully you remember. That the revelation of who God is to me. Becomes the foundation of my perception. Everything that takes place in my life. The victory. My commitment. The miracles. My sense of belief and confidence in God. Comes as a result of my revelation knowledge of who God is to me. The way you see God and the way you treat him. And the way you honor him, your degree of commitment and sacrifice, all hinges on who God is to you. Now, who God is to me may be totally different from who he is to you. Not because you are not born again. You may be born again, but your perception of who God is to you is totally different. And make this statement always, especially among leadership. You can come to Christ and yet don't know God. The tendency is we believe that simply because you came to Christ means that you know God. To come to Christ is my heart believed and my mouth speaks, so I become born again. But to know God demands some level of commitment. He demands a sense of surrendering. It demands you going before, be beyond where you are to where the Spirit of the Lord expects you to go so that you can be able to see difference in your life. And that is where... I believe the spirit of God wants to begin tonight. John chapter 15, two scriptures. John chapter 15 and then John chapter 5. John chapter 15. One verse of scripture in John 15 is verse 8. John 15, 8, if you could put it on the screen. One of the things that you have to understand is this. Our lives is designed by seasons. Our lives are designed by seasons. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter who you are going to become. It is designed by seasons. Now, seasons are very, very significant. Seasons are simply the pockets of time. It is important that you pay attention. Seasons are simply the pockets of time. That the Holy Spirit, it is the Holy Spirit... He introduces it into our life so as to accomplish an agenda. The implication is this. Every time God intends to do something in your life, the first thing that the Spirit of God introduces is a season. A season that is adequate to that which he intends to do. Seasons and timing has to come together in order for any miracle, any breakthrough, Anything that God intends to be manifested in your life. Every time a season comes into our life, there are three things that accompanies a season. Very key. Three things that accompanies a season. Number one, the purpose of the season is revealed. If you don't understand the purpose of a season, you will never be able to derive the fullness of that which God intends. Let me make this statement to you. Purpose is not revealed. Purpose is always discovered. You have to discover purpose. It is not easily revealed to you. If you don't discover purpose, you will not be able to walk in the fullness of that which God intends. But the moment you discover purpose, now the purpose of what you're doing becomes the reason why you do what you do. Number two. The second ingredient that accompanies a season is called method and strategy. The word strategy is a warfare word. It is the word called stratos. Method and strategy accompanies a season. Now what the Spirit of God does is when a season comes, there is a method, there is a strategy that the Spirit of God intends to give to you so that the purpose of the season can be accomplished. You will never be able to see purpose accomplished in a season if you don't have a God method or a God strategy. The third thing that the Spirit of God brings when a season arrives is a special anointing. Every season is accompanied by a special anointing. The purpose of the anointing is to be able to make sure that the strategy or the method of the season eventually produced the result of the purpose that the Spirit of God intends. There is never a season that arrives in your life for you to be able to see the result of God without the anointing of God. You have to have a revelation about the seasons of God. Because our lives are designed by seasons. Your life, corporately or individually, are designed by season. So it is imperative that I understand the ingredients that accompanies a season, so that the fullness of that which God intends becomes a reality. Now look at John chapter five. John chapter five helps us to understand this principle. Look at verse one to verse four. Verse 1 to verse 4, John chapter 5. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Go to verse 2. Now there is at Jerusalem the sheep, the market, a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue, Bethsida, having five pushes. Go to the next. In this <clears throat> lays a great multitude. Now, just get rid of the conditions that are there. And then put conditions that you can be able to relate to. It wasn't just blind, hot, wither. More, depressed, discouraged. Just had whatever condition. Now, notice the next verse. Verse 4. Verse 4. Now, this is key. For an angel will go down at certain seasons... The angel does not go down every time. There are specific seasons that the angels showed up. Now, what's the purpose of the angel? Now, a certain season into the pool. And then the angel would trouble the water. Whosoever then, not second, not toward, not forth, but what? First, it speaks of divine timing. You can understand a season, but if you don't understand the timing within a season, you still will not be able to derive the fullness of God. Now track with me. Then first, after the troubling of the water steps in, was made all of whatsoever disease, whatever condition that they carry, they get healed. Now notice now this scripture And notice the three ingredients you will find. Seasons are pockets of time. That is orchestrated by the Holy Spirit. A season doesn't arrive every day. It just arrives when God has an intention. Now check this out. There is a purpose for the season in this scripture. What is the purpose? The purpose is for the healing of those that are sick. Just like tonight... You have come into a time in God and God's ultimate desire is to be able to bring you out from anything and everything that have bound you. So there is a purpose. God's purpose as it relates to this man or to this scripture is to heal those that are sick. Number two, what is the method? What is the method or the strategy that was designed for this to become a reality? The method is uh, you have to dip yourself into the pool. You have to fall into the water. Well, I don't feel like getting into the pool. I don't like water. You know, I just stand and if I stand, you know, God will still touch me. It doesn't work that way. There is a method. There is a strategy that the Spirit of God reveals. You will have to step into the pool and when you do, you get healed. The third thing is the anointing. An empty pool It's an empty pool. A pool with just water really means nothing. You can dip in there all you want to. No healing, no deliverance will take place. But the reason that healing and deliverance take place is because there is a special anointing. The Bible says there are seasons when the angels will come. He has to stir the water. There is an anointing that is made available to bring deliverance and healing or breakthrough to you. So you have to understand when you step into a season, you got to be able to recognize these three things. It is frustrating when I see a believer that loves God so much. They walk with God. In fact, they are so faithful than most other believers. And yet nothing happens in their life. Nothing. It gets to the point after a while that the enemy begins to make you believe, maybe God will not walk on my behalf. That The kingdom of God operates by dynamics. There are certain dynamics in the kingdom. You have to understand the dynamics of the kingdom in order to be able to extract things from the spirit realm to become a reality in your life. Okay? John 15, 8. John 15, 8. And then we begin to tie this. Notice now, Yearin is my Father glorified. Yearin is my Father glorified. That ye do what? You bear not just fruit, but much fruit. So shall ye be my disciples. Now you have to understand, now within that context, the agricultural context, it is used that way. But when you bring it in a prophetic sense to our contemporary time, you have to understand what glorifies God is that in every aspect of our life, the fullness of God, what makes God, God, ought to be manifested in your life. As it gets manifested, God gets glorified. The glory of God is evident in the productions of fruits in your life. The production of fruits in my life and fruit is not just about character even though that's one of it fruit goes beyond character when you get here you are producing fruit because it is your inherent right When you get delivered, you are producing fruit because it is your inherent right. It is your inherent right as a believer to be healed, to be delivered, and to experience breakthroughs in your life. So our lives are designed by seasons. Now, let's track. Each of these seasons eventually are broken into phases of destinies. Each of these seasons that we experience are eventually broken into phases of destinies. God's intention is that we experience in each of these phases the destiny that he has ordained for us. I want to talk to you tonight on the power to commit to a new destiny of glory. The power to commit To a new destiny of glory. A lifestyle of glory. Because our lives. Is based on seasons. When we get to those seasons in our lives. Those seasons become broken. Into phases of destiny. Your destiny doesn't arrive overnight. The pursuit of the purpose of God. Is a revelation of a portion of our destiny. The more you progress in God. The more you come to. Each portion of the destiny that the Spirit of God has actually apportioned to you. One of the prayers that the Spirit of the Lord spoke to me during the season of our consecration, the Spirit of the Lord spoke to my heart. He said, on a daily basis, you must call into existence the portions of the destiny that are assigned for that day for you. You call it into existence. Because our lives is based on seasons and the seasons that comes into our life are broken into phases of destiny. So within the pocket of time that we are operating in, there is a phase of destiny. But also there are blessings that has been assigned to be manifested in that phase of destiny. So our responsibilities, therefore, as believers, is to make sure that we commit each time to the portions of those new destinies that the Spirit of God brings into our life. Now track with me. Now, what do we mean when we talk about the destiny of glory? The interesting thing is this. When you study the life of Jesus Christ, there is no better person to study the life of you find out that Jesus lived out this destiny of glory. He made a commitment. He made a commitment. He made a commitment to live this way. Can you imagine if you make a commitment? to live out the destiny of glory in your life that means at every given day in your life you are expecting something new something great some changes to happen in your life if you look at John 434 Jesus makes the statement there he said now this is my governing will John 434 this is my governing will my will is to do the will of the one that have sent me. To do the will of the one that have sent me. And to finish it. I pray that becomes your governing will. In the process of everything that comes into your plate. You must be able to zero in. That scripture lays three processes. It talks to us about initiative power. Initiative power is the power to recognize something and to begin something. You can never be able to walk in a dimension that you have not recognized and embraced. The second thing is staying power. The process of working in the fullness of the destiny that God gives to you doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't take place overnight. I remember the first time I saw miracle in my ministry. I wasn't in the United States. I was in Benin City. And I was living in this cubicle. Just, you know, now you define this as, as a room that you put in towels and all of that. That was where I was living in. I began to seek the Lord and I began to pray. So we wanted to carry a crusade. And you know, I don't know about you new generations, but I mean the generations that we came from is when you advertise, bring the blind, bring the lame, bring the sick, bring all of this, you better make sure that there is enough power to showcase <laughs> to showcase who God is. I love when I meet a believer that has the audacity. There is an audacity in God that when you command, something happen, It is not what you do at that moment. If you want power with man, you have to first have it with God. You don't find power with God in the ordinary or in the church, it is behind the scene. Every encounter that transforms you into what you want to become happens behind the scene. That's where it takes place. You can be able to tell the strength of your anointing and the degree of the success and victory that will be your portion by what you do in your closet. So we prepared this crusade. We prepared this crusade. And I was to speak. I was a young boy. I'm still a young boy. You know. <laughs> Thank you Jesus. Every time people ask me how old you are. If you want me to tell you I could tell you. I tell you I'm a years old. Okay. <laughs> so that's how old I am. And so I spend the time. In my prayer. The spirit of Jehovah God. I wish I could introduce you to my friend. I have fell in love with him since I had an encounter with him, the mighty Holy Spirit. You can go through the churches all over the world and you will find they speak less of him. We talk about Jesus. We talk about God. We sing about how great Jesus and God is. But no one talks about, my friend, the Holy Spirit. You see, Jesus is no more here with us. He is seated on the right hand of God. The one that is assigned on your behalf, the product of miracles and breakthrough is the person of the Holy Spirit. You will never know the anointing unless you know who the Holy Spirit is. Are you tracking with me? Tonight, you're coming out. Anything, anything that has held you, habits, habits, Anything, addiction that have held you, they have to let you go. So, so track with me. So, so I prayed. in my prayer, my friend, the Holy Spirit said this to me. I'm going to teach you tonight how to cross the Jordan River. It sounds strange. What do you mean how to cross the Jordan River? And he said it again. I'm going to teach you tonight how to cross the Jordan River. So I just kept that word in my spirit. I wore my black and white sweater, got what I have, and so we went to do the crusade. The crusade was packed, it was night, it was packed with people. The advertisement was on, people came in there with the sick. Now they didn't understand but that that was my first experience, he said. Okay, so the light, you know, we had a light problem, so, so we had. Um, the generator. Not the kind of generator then. You got to pour um, gasoline or whatever is poured in. And then you got to... Well, the brother that was pouring, that was supposed to pour the gasoline, ended up pouring in water. So he filled it up with water. Okay? And the water remains there. Now, we didn't know it wasn't his fault. It was a mistake. It was time for the crusade to take place. So he had to go to start the generator. He found out that it wasn't working. All of a sudden, that word in my closet came back to my spirit. I'm going to teach you how to cross the Jordan. God doesn't just touch people. God touched things too. He is the creator of everything. <laughs> God can touch the chair. God can touch the window. God can touch the car. You cannot limit God to just people. God can do anything because He's God. So I said, okay. I said, start it again. It didn't work. I said, start it again. And then they started the seventh time and it started. Now, remember now, it was running on water. Not gasoline. Now I was excited by now, and that the crusade began. Remember, every evangelist at that time during the crusade, we got one message. It's the message of blind Bartimaeus. Blind Bartimaeus. When you begin a crusade, you begin with blind Bartimaeus. Oh, blind Bartimaeus was calling Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I'm here, Jesus. Well, that's all I knew. So I preached on blind Bartimaeus. When I finished preaching on blind Bartimaeus, it's very significant because John 4:34 34, explained the three president, the initiative power and the staying power. When I finished preaching about blind Bartimaeus, if it's time to pray for the sick, you told the sick to come. So I said, do we have any sick person here? Yeah. I was praying in my heart. Please, Lord, let there be none. Let there be none. You know, you never... <laughs> I'm sorry. You never know what goes in the heart of a preacher. <laughs> it is often said, you never let the devil see you sweat <laughs> so you can feel your sweat. But you don't let the devil say you sweat. I said, is anybody here? I was washing. I said, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Until this woman walked in with this baby. And she was crying. The baby, the girl was deaf and dumb from the child, from a baby. And she brings the baby to me. I've never seen this happen. That's why I tell you there is a new destiny that is coming to this church. A new destiny that is coming to this house. I want you to know that the glory of God can be accessed by you. It is possible. I said it is possible. I can tell you testimonies and testimonies of what the power of God will do. I picked up this little baby in my hands. I said, do you believe God can heal? They screamed yes. And I'm there standing. I hope so. I really hope so. That's in my heart. I really hope so. I've never seen a miracle. I've read it. I've never had an history with God as it relates to miracles and breakthrough. I told you this morning that in order for you to come to the place that you know who God is for your own life, you have to have an history with God. It is that history that gives you the boldness to declare what you declare. Because the last time you declared it, God showed up. And you expect that the God of yesterday that showed up is going to be the God of today that shows up. I had a member of my church; she heard me sing a song, and she says, "If you know, I'm not a singer, so don't even get me on that." She says, "If if he can sing it over circumstance, I'll sing it." So she went home on a Tuesday night, and she began to sing it over a broken television. Now, the television is broken. She sang over it and sang over it and sang over it and all of a sudden the television came up. She called me apostle, apostle, apostle. I sang a song that you sang and this is what happened. God cannot be limited. It cannot be limited. How much you want him to work for you is the extent to which he will work for you. So I took the baby. I said, are you ready? Everybody screamed, yeah, they're ready. I said, God he's going to heal this child. And today you're going to know God is God. I'm saying to myself, okay, she's deaf. So which one do I pray first? Do I deal with the, you know, the death here and then go back to, you know, the dump? So How do we handle it? I'm carrying this conversation and I just lift this baby to God. I say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I command right now every deformity in this child, leave. Now, I was the one that was in haste to find out if the ears was open. You know, this is the time of Archbishop Ben Sinedausa. After, because I watched him, and I say, if he, if he do it this way, that's probably the way you ought to do it. So I did it that way. So now I'm expecting results. I say, now, come on, check it, check, 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 check it. And the mother checked, and the baby. I said, Check this. And everybody was shouting. They think they were shouting. I was the one that was shouting. I said to myself, Yes, yes. Now I have an history with God. I can believe God for greater stuff. I can believe God for the impossible. Because when you step into a new destiny of glory, the way you think and the way you see things begins to change. Your services changes because you are always expecting something to happen. Something to happen. Something to take place. Like tonight, I'm expecting as the word of the Lord is being released, as the spoken word is being released, that something takes place in you. All right. So John four thirty four, you find that Jesus says, my meat is to do the will of the one that has have sent me and to finish it. And the three principles there, number one, initiative power. Number two, stay in power. Even when there is no result, you don't quit it until results begin to take place. And then number three is finishing power. That ability to be able to take what you begin and bring it to a place of completion. Now, hear me, Jesus lived this way. If you look at Matthew chapter 4, verse I think in verse 34, it says verse, verse 23. Matthew 4 verse 23. You notice Jesus' experience was based on three things. Number one, the Bible says Jesus teach. He teach. Number two, Jesus preach. And then number three, Jesus ministered. That is the protocol of how Jesus functioned because Jesus realized that every single opportunity that comes his way is an opportunity for the manifestation of the glory of God. Now, what does teaching do? Teaching, establishes. you can never build anything of significance, whether corporately or individually, in the life of a person, without first teaching them. You don't even have to be a Christian. You could be a counselor. You could be a parent. You could sit with someone individually. For you to be able to establish a lifestyle in them that they work in, it begins with teaching. That is how we disciple people. Jesus preached. Preaching builds people up. While teaching establishes. But ministering produces a demonstration. The purpose of ministering is to produce a demonstration at every given moment. Now I want to make a statement that is key before I begin to minister. What you need to understand is this. What you don't make a commitment to is what you will never function in. What you don't make a commitment to is what you will never function in. Now, you may hang around that thing and you may be able to appreciate that thing, but you will never function in the degree at which the Spirit of God expects of you. So every single commitment falls into two categories. The kind of commitment that helps to produce a new destiny of glory falls into two categories. Number one, you have to be willing to make an ultimate commitment. Let's talk about this for a while. An ultimate commitment. An ultimate commitment is the commitment that we make for something that is bigger than us. If you study Hebrews chapter 11 and you focus on verse 7 and verse 8, you notice exactly That God, or by faith, the scripture says, God spoke to Noah, Noah stepped out, and Noah built God an ark. It is a commitment. Now, when you understand, it's not easy. You know, we read it and we say, well, he just built an ark. Can you imagine when you have to proclaim rain, Nobody knows about what rain is. They can't even spell rain. And yet you're declaring, they're going to be a revival, or they're going to be a breakthrough, or whatever you believe that the Spirit of God has placed in your heart. But yet, he stepped out, he honored, and he began to build. If you look at verse 8, the same with Abraham. God prompted by faith. Abraham responded when he was called. Now, you may read it and see That is simple to step out. It's not simple to step out. It is the commitment that you make. Ultimate commitment is the commitment that we make to something that is bigger than us. You have to make those commitments ahead of time for you to begin to experience what you expect the spirit of God to do in your life. The commitment to ministry. Stepping out into something that you don't know. Embracing a pursuit that you are so much afraid of. It is an ultimate commitment. The second commitment is what we know as the personal commitment. The personal commitment is the commitment that we make at the way we live our lives. The way you live your life. It is the commitment to maintain a standard in your life concerning the things of God. That's a personal commitment that you make. But the interesting thing is this, that every ultimate commitment rests on the shoulder of personal commitment. The strength of your ultimate commitment is based on the strength of your personal. The strength of your ultimate commitment is based on the strength of your ultimate commitment. See, in our personal commitment you maintain maintaining non-negotiables. As a leader, because there are many that looks to me, I understand that they have to be non-negotiables. Non-negotiables are simply standards that you set, that you refuse to violate because of the degree of honor that you bestowed on the anointing that God has placed on you. My son will tell you, when I'm in the States, I don't stand with a woman in public places. There's nothing wrong when people stand with them, but it is my non negotiables. These are non negotiables that I establish in order to be able to protect that which I carry. You see, I said this to you this morning the enemy is not after your anointing. Because when you make a mistake, you can go to God and ask for forgiveness. The, uh, the enemy is after your influence. It is your influence that opens doors for you. It is your influence that draws people to you. And all the enemy does is to touch your influence and a dominous effect of reaction takes place in your life. It is a non-negotiable. You have to have a non-negotiable. That these are the things that I commit myself not to be a part of. Now, they may not be wrong. You know, when I go to Australia, because I deal with some of, you know, uh, uh, of the big churches there. And if I mention them, you probably know. Behind the scene, everybody sits there and they pull a bottle of wine. And everybody drinks. And they present me with it. And I said, I'm sorry. Now, you will not go to hell if you drink a bottle of wine. You won't go to hell. But my non-negotiable is this. It is important that when you begin a process, the process can lead you to another process. And another process will lead you to another process. And before you know, the standard that you have established on your behalf become weakened. Let me address some of you pastors here. Even though there are things that you are not called to do. And you can do it if you want to do it. But you got to establish a non negotiables A non negotiables When they mention your name, what can they hear? What can they hear? You know, there are some people, you mention their name, integrity comes out of your mouth. Commitment comes out of your mouth. The lifestyle of prayer comes out. Just the mentioning of your name, it just comes out because of the non-negotiables over the prolonged period of time that they made a commitment to. My personal commitment becomes the carrier of the ultimate commitment in my life. Your personal commitment becomes the carrier of the ultimate commitment. If you are going to stay on the scene for a long time, you better make some non-negotiables. Because I tell you, you can tell me right now. I'm going to walk with God. I'm going to do this. And I'm going to be faithful. Every preacher that I've canceled, emerging leaders and prominent leaders have opened their mouth and said the same thing. But at some point, the standard that was meant for everyone wasn't meant for them. I told you this story. I was in Kuala Lumpur and I was ministering. Now, I need to tell you this as a disclosure. I am married to the most prettiest woman on earth. I ain't kidding you. 31 years. 31 years in January. Celebrated 31 years. You see this ring in my hand? Was the ring that was dropped in me? 31 years ago. So, (laughs) baby, I love my baby. Okay? That's why you never make a choice over something that you're not connected to. Okay, everywhere I am, she knows. She knows exactly that I'm here preaching because she is my greatest intercessor. She is ministering on my behalf. So I was in Kuala Lumpur and I was ministering on a Sunday morning. I finished ministering. I ran back to my hotel room sweating. I got to my hotel room and there was the phone call that came. It was the phone call from a lady that was on the desk that check people in. And this is what she said. She said, how are you doing, Dr. Tetzel? I said, fine. I just saw you coming in. I said, yes, I just finished preaching in the church. She said, I'm going to finish by 5 o'clock. I have a bottle of wine here, and I'm going to come to your room by 5, and we are going to celebrate together. (laughs) Now, (laughs) now, now, now. You don't need Greek or Hebrew for, to interpret what that is. So I said this, I said this to her. Don't you know I am married? And she made this incredible statement. She said, you Americans. My dad used to live in D.C. We know the way you live. I called my son, who is in the other room. As a son dress up because Lucifer is in town and we have to run now look listen to me you cannot guarantee your anointing well I'm gonna wait and I'll bind you devil uh-uh. Uh-uh. so what we did we run from our hotel room and stayed out in the shopping mall till 9.30. My wife wasn't there. My team wouldn't have known. But the one whose oil I carry, the one that has been faithful to me, the one that has given me the prolonged influence over the pro, over the period of time. All you need is one dead fly that rests on it and the next time another dead fly. I know you may not appreciate this, but I just need to tell you about a personal commitment. So when you see an ultimate commitment, rest on the shoulder of a man of God, that's because of the strength of the personal commitment that he has made is costly. It is not cheap. It is costly. The product that goes in the making of the anointing oil are costly. And because you know it's costly, calatily, the pain that you feel here, yeah. In this back, you will never feel it again. I give you 10 minutes. If you feel that pain, start counting. And you will find that the pain is gone. Are you listening to me? I don't, I don't have time. I wish I could download in you for you to understand. A new destiny of glory demands... Commitment. So now check this out. I make an ultimate commitment, and then I make a personal commitment. The strength of my ultimate commitment is based on the strength of my what? My personal commitment. You will stay long on the scene once your personal commitment is entered. Now there are three personal commitment that is responsible for the strength of a personal commitment that keeps an ultimate commitment. Let's look at it and I'll use this to begin to random. Look at Luke chapter 14. Luke chapter 14. Focus on verse 25. Focus on verse 25. If you've been where I've been, I came out of a miracle. You know some people, you just preach. Anyone wants to be born again? Yeah? And, and they say, yeah and a song is sung and you just walked out uh, i give no 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 he grabbed hold of me he tied my hand i mean he just i was forced into the kingdom. are you listening to me you can't tell me there isn't power i was raised by a mother and a grandmother who operate intangible voodoo If she dress and come to church and take a microphone and then tell you she's born again and begin to operate, you will believe that she's a Christian. That's what happened today in Nigeria. We have people with skirt and dress and suit that has a connection with another realm other than the realm of the spirit itself. I don't know if I told you the story. I was in London and I was to minister and the guest speakers were sitting down and I was sitting down just, uh, just meditating and all of a sudden my friend, the Holy Spirit, opened my eyes and said the speaker that was to go on carries a diabolical spirit. I, I went straight and I said, uh, I just need to tell you that the power you brought in here will not work. <laughs> I said, it won't work. Okay? I said, all of a sudden, he starts speaking in a uh, pigeon. Uh, uh, I come here for my home now. Why are you bothering me? Uh, I said, it won't work. Because you see, <laughs> you got to understand when power meets power. Okay? You got to understand. When power meets power, the two powers don't stand. One power got to bow. I. no strange. he got to bow when you carry something when that commitment is in your foundation there is a backing behind you when you speak you you move aside and the one behind you goes into operation tonight you are coming out you didn't hear what I'm saying it doesn't matter no matter the funk in your business, the funk with your health, the funk in your relationship, I want you to believe I'm coming out. Amen. My grandmother died at the age of 120 years old. 120. She loves me. Of all the children, I just can't understand. Everywhere she goes, she wants me to go. With my two naked eyes, we got to a shore. There wasn't no bridge to cross. And as a little kid, I'm wondering, that must be stupid. For grandmom to bring us here, we got to cross. She smiled and she looked at me. And she went into this jubilee, whatever it is, I don't know what it is. And literally... But the Literally, crocodiles stepped out. Crocodiles, yeah, crocodiles. You know what crocodiles say? And they, they, they just built. Now, no human being will step on it. She stepped on it. And she told me. Because, you see, she gave me her own name. My dad gave me his own name. My mom gave me his own name. So when I go to my dad, my dad will say, she So when I go to my mom, my mom will say, "Oh, Richard, But when I go to my grandmother, he, she will say, "Oh, uh, 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 you no Yoi-ri-che-? Now I I've got Shakiri people there that can interpret it. you Richard, no She will call me the names that my mom or my dad calls me. He said, there is a gift in you. Well, I didn't know that I would preach the gospel. So I stepped. I would go after. This feet, I've stepped on it. So you tell me about uh, the kingdom. No, 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 no I don't, no, don't want to be a Christian. Why will I be a Christian? You've got to show me power. That there is a power that is greater than I'm functioning here. If not so, I'm not going to. So, so she took the privilege to make me seven pens. You call it biro, yeah. They still call it biro, yeah. Seven black biros, seven. Till today, in my right, in my left. When I travel, the church laughs at me. I put ten in one. I put ten in the other. I like to carry a pen, but in this case, it's because I'm a scribe. So every time the Spirit of God speaks to me, I need to have something to write. She makes these seven biros. And then she put a silver ring in my hands. And the purpose of the Bible, I will sit in class, apostle. I don't have to pay attention. I will just write whatever I want to write. But when the teacher reads it, he reads the answer. Now, now I want you to understand that. If the devil has that, how much power, how much power does God has? That's why when I see people scared of the enemy, you've not been there. If you've been there, you will realize that he really doesn't have power. That the power he has, Is the one you bestowed to him. And I will write. And when I write, when you look, the answer will come. Now, the purpose of the ring in my hand, not this ring, (laughs) the purpose of the ring, it was placed in my right hand. There was the fear that someone is going to poison me. So, when I have to eat, Till today, I eat with my, you guys are too cute, you, 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 use, uh, you use knife, fork, to, 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 to eat fufu, how can you eat, use knife? I, I mean, I can understand. You, you use the knife, and you cut it? No, 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 I dip my hand in there. That is where the anointing resides. Now, now, listen to me. <laughs> 5 <four> ministry. ministry. <laughs> now, now, this is the thing. When I put my hands in the food and I'm eating, I will hear the cock crow. But you will not hear it. It is an indicator that there is something that is illegal in there. And I must not eat it. But this is where the encounter begins. I stumbled into a meeting that Archbishop Benson Idahusa was conducting. I had a condition in my heart. It was a condition in there. The condition was so terrible That the only group of people that can diagnose it is the voodoo doctor. And they said, you had a little lizard. How can you have a lizard in in there? So when that thing moves, my feet paralyze. So I have to stay in a position until it gets stabilized. Now you can see the reason I have to carry this upon me. To bring deliverance to as many people that I encounter. And I went to this crusade in worry. And I was all the way in the back. There was this lady that came with Archbishop. Her name was Evangelist Dinner Party. She preached, but she doesn't walk in miracle. So when she finished preaching, Archbishop came. And Archbishop began to pray. I felt this power. I can't describe it to you. If you've experienced it, you know what power is. Like an electric shock just came and just stood right there in that spot. From that moment, I was whole. But what do I do with a pen and with a ring? That was where the fear came. If I let them go, I will not be able to function. Now remember, It was 9 o'clock, 19 Aweka Street in Benin City. I could still remember. And all of a sudden, I began to cry because I had to make the decision now to let it go. When you get born again, you have to allow the power of deliverance to take place so that every connection that you have with anything gets broken. So that as you begin to function in the kingdom, you don't function with a spirit that violates the will of God. I began to burn it. I won't tell you it was easy. I cried because the enemy began to taunt me. I can get you now, there is no more protection for you. But I did not know that I just came into a greater protection. People of God hear me. There is a power. I don't need to scream to you. There is a power that you've not known that has been waiting to introduce himself to you. Anakate. 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 A power. It is a person. It is not just salvation. It is a person in you that manifests itself. In the Holy Spirit that likes to demonstrate himself and to create in you a new destiny of glory. I want to pray for you tonight. I want to expect that the Spirit of God. You have to understand when Jesus came to the tomb and command Lazarus to come forth. Life came, but he was still bound. And Jesus had to instruct them. Lose him. Lose him. As I pray for you tonight, in a moment, the makate, makate the power of God is going to come upon you. But you got to lose the things that you have connected yourself with. The things that has the potential, if you use black magic, let that black magic go. If you, are, if you see familiar spirit and you go behind the door to go to voodoo people to get help from tonight, let it go. You know, when you say this, people think everybody in church function in the things of God when I say that in a couple of places I remember I was ministering and somebody just came just dumped the stuff they were using maybe you are here your mama took you somewhere your daddy took you somewhere your name was called on something well I didn't participate but your name was called you're going to have to lose yourself from it You're going to have to lose yourself. There is a power that you've never known. I feel him on me. A power that you've never known. My mother, that is 96 years old today, she is a dickiness in deeper life ministry. This is a woman that never believed she would serve God. She hates God. I didn't lead her to Christ. Nobody could lead her to Christ. She saw demonstrations. And to some of us, it's easy for words to convince you. But to others, you have to see power. You have to see the glory of God. You will think when you speak, people need to respond. I'm going to pray for you. I say this again to you. If you are attached to anything, this is your moment to let it go. Because the power of God will not work for you. Makati, give me a worship person. Can you get a singer up there? And I want you to stand on your feet. And begin to pray in the spirit. Not the prayer of fear. It is the prayer of the expectation of a breakthrough. Your ministry is going to be demonstrated in the evidence of God's power in you. I'm taking you through a journey. Through a journey And I'm going to bring you to a place of confidence that that which you carry is enough to be able to execute and to demonstrate what I've called you. The days have come, the decade has arrived that I'm going to put your feet in various parts of the world. Right here in Nigeria, but I'm going to put your feet. In various parts of the world. And you will carry the anointing of revival. It is not just an anointing to excite people, it is an anointing to bring deliverance, to take people from where they are to where God wants them to. So I call the wind from the north, the wind from the east. The wind from the west and south, and I demand that wind now to carry Zemodukata Paratake in crude, 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 to the incense of God's desire upon you tonight. Tonight, Malaka, Malaka, is your night it is your night it is your night everything that has held you everything that has bound you every limitations I command this power broken destroyed, fly 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 advance 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 advance, advance. Ekata Ekata Barade 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 Barade, barade. Barataka 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 I want I want you to just keep playing I want you to lift up your hands to God now when I speak it you got to move from your space you got to just move it is a prophetic act that you are no more in that place Tell the person close to you. You better give me space. Because. When I speak. I got to move. Wherever you are. The power of God. Is going to touch you. Father. Now get ready for your space. Father. In the name of of Jesus. The power that is greater than every power. I challenge I challenge every spirit. Every spirit that is represented in this room. Every bondage. Every control. Every domination. Everything that you have stolen. I challenge the word called the spell. The names that you have called behind the scene. You spirit that has taken the names of people behind the scene to work against them. You spirit of barrenness. You foul spirit that have deprived the people of God. Of what belongs to them. I challenge you. I challenge you in His name. I take authority. I take dominion. I take power over you. I bind you. I said, I bind you. I said, I bind you. In the name of Jesus, I break your powers. I destroy your home. I command the people of God to be loose. I command you to be loose. I command the anointing of deliverance to come upon you. The anointing of victory to come upon you. Now get ready now because you're going to have to step forward. I command the anointing of advancement to step forward. Upon you, come on, move that anointing, yes that anointing of advancement. Bakate, 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 Bakate. Advancement! 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 Ad-
0: you have just experienced the preaching and teaching ministry of Goodheart Obi Equeme, lead pastor of Revival House of Glory International Church, Rogic, and the apostolic leader of the Horn of Revival Ministry. H-O-R-M A global outreach ministry Mandated to carry the torch of revival Across cities and nations If you would like to ask a question Share your prayer request or testimony Or get more messages or books From Pastor Goodhart Please call or text 0805-223-4444 Or email info at rogic.org That's info at R-H-O-G-I-C dot Also, download the Horn of Revival Ministry app on Google Play or Apple Store to connect with a variety of free, quality resources, including Rogic Radio and our refreshing daily devotions to take you higher in life. And for real-time ministry, you can follow Pastor Goodhart on Twitter and Instagram, The handle is at Pastor Goodhart. Keep hearing the word of God. It will produce intimacy with his spirit for uncommon encounters on the earth. Sunday and midweek service day. They're days many people traditionally get up in their best outfits and gather together to scratch a religious itch. But not anymore. At Revival House of Glory International Church, Rajik, Sunday and Wednesday are not just church because God is very deliberate about His agenda in this age and church as usual will not cut it in the times we're in. Revival House of Glory International Church, Rogic, is an apostolic gathering of God's people experiencing old-time revival for new era realities. God is bringing back His power and is calling you to carry it to the world. Sunday celebration service at 8 a.m. on Sundays and the Word and Worship Wednesday service every Wednesday at 5.45 p.m. at Rogic. All hold at the Golden Bird Event Center, Plot 8. A. Ame Ebute Street, Wye District, Abuja And your host is Goodheart Obi Ekweme On Sunday at 8 a.m. and Wednesday at 5.45 p.m. Don't just come to church, be the church After all, there's already enough religion in the world Revival House of Glory International Church is an expression of the Horn of Revival Ministry